We are starting a new series tonight. It is called Once Upon a Time. Now, who here watches the show Once Upon a Time? I know most of the ladies do. Guys, it's a good show, okay? Don't be like lame and like, oh, I bet you that's lame. No, it's actually a really good show. Um, and so it's a, we're, we're going to start a series called Once Upon a Time where we're going to look use clips from the TV show to uh, examine some biblical principles. We're going to do this all the way through the end of school. This will take us right through uh, end of, or the beginning of June or end of May. It's like a seven. I think we've got seven weeks planned out um, of this series. And so tonight we're going to start that. Now tonight we're going to do it a little different because, well, not a little different. Just tonight's kind of like a bridge. Because you remember last week Renee shared. I'm sure he did a wonderful job. Um, so yeah, go ahead and clap for him if he feels awesome. So, thanks for sharing. Uh, two weeks before that, like we, we did a little series called The Clearing where we talked about worship. And we asked the question, what is worship? And then we asked the question, what happens when you worship? Well, tonight we're going to start once upon a time, but we're also going to answer one more question about worship. So this one is kind of a, it's kind of a bridge to the, between those two series. Tonight we are going to be looking at that phrase, all magic comes with a price. Um, if you're a fan of the show, you know that that, comes up like every episode pretty much. That's the first time it shows up in the series. I just picked that one because it was what I could find. But uh, we're going to start off tonight by looking at the scripture as we usually do. We're in 2 Samuel 24, 18 through 24. If you want to, it's on your version Bible. I don't have the whole scripture up here. I'm just going to kind of give you the, uh, the summary. But if you want to follow along, the whole scripture is on your version app. Go to the live, search for a live event should show up right there. So here's the summary. King David, he's the king of Israel. He's going to go and he's going to worship. He's going to build an altar because in the Old Testament, that's how you worship. You know, we talked about how worship is our response to who God is and what he's done. Well, back then they had to actually build an altar and worship. So God tells him in this particular case, he says, God told him to go and build an altar on Arauna's threshing floor. I don't know who Arauna is and I don't know what a threshing floor is. Um, this is pretty much the only time we hear about Arauna in the Bible. But he says, go to Arana's threshing floor and build an altar. So David goes to do it. He gets to the place. He gets to Arana's house and uh, Arana, you know, he tells, he tells him what's up. He's like, okay, so here's the deal. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to build an altar. And today this would be kind of like, hey, listen, I'm going to come over and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to crash at your house. You know, like it's kind of an invasion of, of space, if you will. Um, he's like, hey, listen, God told me to do this, so, so I'm going to come over to your house, to your location, and I'm going to worship here. It'd be like me showing up here. I was like, listen, I'm going to have a praise and worship set in your living room if that's cool. You know, that's pretty much what happens, okay? So he goes, okay, I'm going to come and worship. Now, Arana is good to go. He's like, yeah, that's awesome. Here, let me, here, here here's the room, and here's, here's some bulls and some goats or whatever to sacrifice. Like, Arana offers him the things that he needs to do this. So this is like me showing up, and you're like, sure, do you want to play my guitar, too? Like, you know, um, and so that's exactly what happens. Arana says, yeah, I got this. I got you. And so King David, or he, yeah, so he gives him oxen and wood to burn, all that kind of stuff. So King David replies, and this is kind of the big point for the night. This is the main thing. The king, this is verse 24. But the king replied to Aram, no, I insist on paying you for it. I will not sacrifice to the Lord my God burnt offerings that cost me nothing. So David bought the threshing floor and the oxen and paid 50 shekels of silver for them. Okay, so Arana was good to go. He's like, yeah, dude, come on in, hang out, do, do what you, you, know, you got to do, do, do your worship thing. It's all good. And David's like, listen, I'm not going to worship if it's, 
if it's easy, David says, no, you know what? I'm not going to worship anywhere without it costing me anything. And because here's the thing, and this is kind of the main uh, gist of tonight, is that if it doesn't cost you something, then it's not a sacrifice. Right? If somebody gives you something, and then you turn around and like somebody else is like, hey, can I get that? Well, sure, it didn't cost me nothing. You know, that's easy. I didn't have it that long. But when something begins to cost something, then it becomes a sacrifice. And the Bible tells us that worship is a sacrifice, okay? Hebrews uh, 13, 15 says, Through Jesus, therefore, let us continually offer to God a what? A sacrifice of praise, the fruit of lips that openly profess his name. So the New Testament and the Old Testament are going together here. I don't know if y'all know that. The whole Bible flows together. It all connects. And so the New Testament here is, is helping to... Uh, put a bow on the Old Testament here. And the, the New Testament says, yes, it's a sacrifice of praise. Worship and praise is, by its very nature, a sacrifice. And so the Old Testament tells us, yeah, you got the same thing. I will not worship anywhere that doesn't cost me anything. Okay? And so some people come to church service and they, they come to what we term as worship, which again, you know, worship is not just the music time of the service. That's not what worship is. Um, that is a way to worship. And so people come into that worship situation and, and they're like, and, and I've heard people, and I've probably said this at times too, they, they leave a worship service and they say, boy, I didn't get nothing out of that. I didn't get anything out of that. And if you've been in church for very long, you may have heard that before. But, the, but Hebrews told us, Worship is a sacrifice. You're not supposed to, worship is not about you getting, it's about you giving to God. Okay, that's what worship is about. So we know that worship is about sacrifice. Sacrifice has to cost something. That's what a sacrifice is. It's not sacrifice if it's easy. So then the question becomes, and we're going to look at five things tonight, what does worship cost? Okay, what are the things and what are the, the, the you know, what is it that we know? Because obviously we don't pay to worship. Like we don't charge a fee. You know, you don't pay to get into the door of the worship service. That would be weird. That's a concert. That's not a worship service. And so, um, so, so what does worship cost? Okay, the first thing that we're going to talk about worship costing is it costs your attention. Okay, what, whenever you're like in class and you're spaced out, what does your teacher say? Pay attention, your name, but yes, pay attention, right? They don't say, hey, give attention. They say pay attention because attention costs something. Like that's something you have to give. You have to, you know, that's a, that's a transaction, right? When you pay attention to me or I pay attention to you or vice versa, that's a transaction because you can always tell when somebody's not paying attention to you, right? Don't you just love those conversations when you're talking to somebody and they're like on their phone or you're at dinner and, you know, they're like, just totally ignoring you, and you're like, okay, well, they're giving somebody their attention, but it's not me, right? They're paying somebody, but I'm not getting it. When we worship, we have to give God our attention, okay? When we are, re you know, when we are spending time, uh, and <coughs> when we are spending time uh, responding to God, because that's what worship is, it's response to who he is and what he's done, we can't do that in, in, you know, when we're all spaced out, okay? That's not good worship. Okay, that's being in a room where there might be worship music playing, but that doesn't make it worship, okay? We have to pay attention, first thing. Here's the second thing that worship costs, is that worship costs self. Now, when I say self, uh, that's kind of a weird term, but let me get into that a little more, because self is about our ego and our desires and our preferences, 
you know, it's so easy for people to, again, like we talked about earlier, think worship is about me. What can I get out of worship? You know, what can I walk away from this from? But, but worship is about sacrificing and, and paying of ourselves to God. And you know what? Sometimes that means we got to worship in situations we don't want to be in. Sometimes that means if you go back to the musical format of worship, if you will, that means we can worship to music that maybe isn't our favorite style in the world, you know, but we can still respond and, and the lyrics are still, if the lyrics are still good, they're still good. I mean, you know, not everybody loves every type of music. I get that. I don't love every single type of music, although I like a lot of them. But you know what? Sometimes it's like, you know what? That's okay. The lyrics are still true. God is still God. Jesus still died and rose from the grave, so I'm still going to worship, okay? Our desires and our preferences sometimes have to give way in order for us to truly be worshiping. The third thing that worship costs is our talent, okay? Worship costs our talent. Now, those of you who were just participated in fine arts did that. You guys who played in the worship team tonight or play on the worship team or, you know, that's awesome. You're doing that, you know. But, but worship talent is not just about music. It's not just about the arts, okay. Did, do you all know what, you know, the Apostle Paul, like in the New Testament, he wrote half the New Testament. Do you all know what his day job was when he wasn't? After he was done killing Christians, not that part. But when he was, like the Apostle Paul, he's the Apostle, he's pastoring, he's preaching. Do you all know what his day job was? Plumber, no, he didn't play an instrument. Anybody know? I might have put it on the U version. He was a tent maker. Paul was a tent maker. You, yeah, I would have never gotten that. That's okay. Yeah, the Apostle Paul made tents. Like, and you think, well, that's lame. Well, somebody's got to make the tent, right? You got to go camping. Somebody's got to make a tent. And so the Apostle Paul did that. Of course, we know Peter was a fisherman. You know, Peter and James, you know, half the disciples were fishermen. And so these guys had regular jobs. You know what? They were abilities. They were things they had learned to do. Jesus was a carpenter for 30 years before he became, before he started healing people and all that stuff. And so we use our talents and our abilities to glorify God, you know. And, and when there's Christian businesses, like praise God for Chick-fil-A, that's owned by Christian people. And praise God because they're good at making chicken, amen, right? And so, like, you think, well, well that's weird. Is that worship? Yes, Yes, Truett Cathy, the guy who started, you know, Chick-fil-A, that is his form of worship is, you know what, because he does it, he does it good, he's honest as a businessman, he's not, you know, lying and screwing people out of their money and all that kind of stuff, and so no matter what we do, no matter what abilities you have, whether it be quote-unquote artistic or, you know, like we think of worship, but no matter what it is that you are good at or you, or you like to do, that can be worship if your heart is in the right place and if you're doing it for the right reason. I have a good buddy, also named Paul. Uh, we, we, we call him the lumberjack because he's got an awesome, humongous beard. Goes halfway down his chest. Um, I don't know how long it takes him to shampoo in the morning, but it's, you know, it's all here. He doesn't have much hair. He doesn't have long hair here. He's just got all beard. It's awesome. But he does, he does woodworking. He's got a little, you know, a little side business called Grizzly's Woodworking. And, man, he makes these beautiful, ornate clock faces and this really cool stuff. And for him, that's his way of worshiping, you know. Um, spending time doing that allows him to focus on things and, and on God's creation and all that great stuff. It's really cool. And so, so we worship with our talents, okay. No matter what you're good at, you can worship in it. The fourth thing we worship with is our energy, Okay, now this one, 
uh, hits home for me because if you've ever noticed, especially on Sunday mornings after praise and worship, I'm like all sweaty and I'm tired and it's like I just worked out. Um, and so, and you see a lot of musicians who, who, who it's very obvious for musicians, you know, because they come off and they're like that, you know. And, but, but it's not just musicians that worship with their energy. No matter what you're doing, again, just paying attention takes energy. Yesterday I was at a conference. I was telling a few people earlier. I was at a conference, man, and this guy named Bob Goff spoke, and he's a great speaker. He's like 65-year-old, but he's got the energy of like a 10-year-old. Like, you know how, like, Lacey and them just play tag for hours? It was like that. Like, that's the kind of energy this 65-year-old had. It was amazing. And, like, he spoke for a solid hour, which is hard to do because I go, like, 20 minutes, and I'm exhausted. And he went for, like, an hour. And it was incredible because when he finished speaking, I was tired from paying attention. Like, I was mentally worn out because he hit so many things in such a such an hour. And when the, when the message ended, I was like, okay, like my brain was a little fried just from paying attention to what he was doing. And that was expending energy, you know? And so like, I was like, I need a nap now. Um, so we use our energy to worship. And man, the Old Testament guys, they knew about this because, you know, today we come to church. Man, back in the day, they had to take an oxen or, a, you know, lamb or sheep or whatever they were offering that particular uh, opportunity, and you know that, and animals are a pain in the butt, especially big ones like that. So they got to get it in the, the, the whatever they do, and then they got to pull it. They got to walk along the road, and sometimes the thing probably wants to stop, and they got to get it to go again. And then they got to cut the, the the animal open, which takes time and effort. So those guys knew it was about to expend energy and worship. Man, the Old Testament guys, those guys got it. We have it a little bit easier nowadays when it comes to that, but still, our energy and and that kind of goes into talent a little bit and attention, you know, when we do those things, we're expending energy. And here's the fifth one, and I think probably the most important one, especially in today's day and age, is that it's time. Okay, we, we have the opportunity to worship with our time and to, to give of our time. What, can I get two guys to bring that table over here? Um, be careful, there's a pitcher full of water in it, so uh, try not to spill that because it will ruin the whole illustration. Um, but, you know... Oh, there you go. Good job, Draven. In today's culture especially, yeah, right there is perfect. In today's culture especially, time is very important. And, and if you've been here very long, you've heard me talk about that before because uh, I think time is as important as money. You've heard the saying, time is money. And so um, time is one of our most important commodities today in, uh, in, in, in the church and in, in American culture. So imagine this. Imagine this empty picture here is your day, okay? This is how much time you have in a day, right? And so first off, we take the important things, and we're going to put the important things in there. And hang on. Okay, that'll work. And uh, I'm going to see if we can fit that one. Let's put that one in there first. I bet, you I, I bet you I can fit this one down in there and then get those in. Do like so, and there we go. Okay, so that is pretty full, right? I mean, you can't get any more of these big rocks in there. Not going to fit, okay? It fell. So that is, you know, the day's pretty full at that point. Okay, those are our big important priorities. But we can get some more stuff in there, right? We can get some of these little rocks down in there. They'll slide in. They'll fill up some cracks and stuff, and throw some down there on that side, and... We're doing all right. There's coming up. Okay, the day's getting kind of full. These are the medium important things. But, but, you know, there's still a little bit of space. 
And so then we have our low priorities. These are the things that are just not that important to us, okay? And we got to put those in there. And now the day is going to get full. Like now the day is really and truly filling up. But, but when those big priorities were there, it, it looked full, but it really wasn't. The problem is if I fill it up with water first, then I can't put those big ones in there. Right? If we waste all of our day on little things, the unimportant things, then we can't get our really important things into our day. And worship needs to be one of those big rocks, okay? Your time responding to what God is, or who God is and what he's done needs to be one of the big important rocks that goes in there first. You've got to give of your time to God. And that's not just about, you know, I'm not just talking about, well, I need to make sure I spend a half hour every day listening to praise and worship music. That's awesome if you do that. If you, you know, that's fantastic. But there needs to be a portion of your day, a part of your day that is set aside for what God is going to do and for, for speaking to God and hearing from God and responding to what he is, who he is and what he's done. We have to spend our time on God, some of our time. We have to make him a priority in our day. It's been said if you want to know what your priorities are, check your calendar and your wallet. Okay, and I know my calendar is crazy busy. Man, the last month has been insane, getting ready for Easter, and it was something right before Easter. I can't even remember because it's been so ridiculous. And last Wednesday, I left at about 2 o'clock and drove down to South Texas, was there. Drove back Saturday night, got home at 3 o'clock in the morning, got up and had church and all that stuff. Then Monday morning at 9 o'clock, I was back gone again, going to Dallas for, the, for a conference, and uh, got back last night about 11 o'clock. So, you know, the last week, I have spent uh, Saturday night about three hours. Sunday night I got a full night's sleep, and last night I got a full night's sleep. So like two and a half nights in my bed in the last week, okay? So, and you know, my life has been busy. I mean, I was here at 8 o'clock this morning cleaning up this room because it looked like a disaster from all the construction and stuff. I mean, um, it took me like two hours to vacuum this stupid room today. Uh, and so, you know, I, I know what it's like to be busy, trust me. When, and y'all, some of y'all have heard when I was in high school, I was in eight different performing ensembles my senior year, okay? Marching band, concert band, jazz band, um, mass choir, show choir, Chamber choir, men's choir, symphony orchestra. Okay, so I was in eight different ensembles. I was a nerd. That's what that means. It doesn't mean I was good. It just means I was a loser. And so, um, you know, I know what it's like to be crazy busy. I do. And, you know, some of you guys are busy with music. Some of you guys are busy with sports and other things. And whatever it is, we have to make sure we include God in our daily schedule. And somebody asked this. We had this conversation just the other night. So it's like, okay, so how do you make sure that you do that? You know, for those of us that are super uh, to-do list, which is how I am, you know, um, how do you make sure that you have that? And I'm like, for me, sometimes it literally means putting it on the calendar. Like if I have a real busy day, I'll like go in there and put Devo time or whatever it may be, you know, on the, literally on the calendar so that I know, you know what, I'm not going to schedule something else for that time of day. Okay, I've heard of college students doing that. They get their schedule, their semester schedule. They block it all out, and they say, okay, Mondays and Wednesdays, I've got this chunk, and Tuesdays is not the same time because the class schedule is different. Tuesdays is going to be this time of day, but it's in the calendar. And I encourage you guys. You know, you're here tonight, and that's awesome. I'm so glad that you guys are. Um, but, you know, during the days that we don't come to church, we got to make sure we have time for that. we got to make sure we have time to respond to God and to be a be in communication with him. 
So as I begin to close, that's kind of the challenge for you tonight, um, is, is what is it that you need to be uh, paying? Or, you know, what is it that you're holding on to that God, that God is saying, hey, you know what, that's going to be your worship. You're going you're gonna to give that to me. You're going to pay that to me. Is it worth it? Yes, I'll tell you it's absolutely worth it. Because if worship is our response to who God is and what God's done, we know that Jesus came to earth and gave, his, gave the most miserable death, gave his life for you and me. So surely we can give up a half hour, we can give up a few minutes, we can, we can use our talents to glorify him and not, you know, to do other things. And that's not saying quit your other things. Don't, don't hear that. Don't hear that at all. Okay, because, you know, when you're on the team or in a school using your talents in school, you can be using that for the glory of God too. And I just told you all my nerdiness and how I did it. And so you can totally do that. But we have to be giving of something because if it doesn't cost anything, it's not a sacrifice of praise anymore. Then it's easy to give up. So I'm going to pray and we're going to be done. And I want you guys to think as, as I'm praying, I want you guys to be asking the Holy Spirit, okay, what is it, how can I, you know, follow this? How can I uh, worship in a way that costs me something? How can I worship in a way that costs me something? There's the question. So I'm going to pray, and you guys just kind of can, can, can pray to yourselves and, and ask the Holy Spirit that same thing. Heavenly Father, God, I thank you for this night. I thank you again for this incredible space, God, that you have provided for us. Lord, as hard as it's been sometimes to get it going and everything, God, I know that uh, you have been the one who provided it, and I'm so grateful for it. God, I pray that we would not get so comfortable in our walk with you and in our worship, Lord, that, that we're no longer uh, giving of anything. God, that, that you are just a part of the routine that's normal. I pray that you would continue to ask of us more because we know that the, the more we get rid of ourselves, the more room there is for you. And that's what we want. We want more of you. And so I pray tonight, God, that you would, uh, God, that you would just speak to every heart that's in here. Speak to every teenager, God. Or speak to all of us, not just the teenagers. God, and, and let us know, remind us, give us something, God. Point something out. Put a situation in our, in our path. Maybe it's not such an such a obvious thing, but, Lord, put us in a situation tomorrow or this week where we can say, hey, you know what? That's, that's, what, I can, that's what I need to cost. That's what I need to pay. That's what needs to happen for, for God to get his. And it's not just about God getting his, quote, unquote, but it's about God getting rid of ourselves so that you can take over. God, I just pray tonight for these students. I pray that you would work in their hearts, that you would show them the way to make room for you. Because when it costs us something, then you get to take over. And we know that you gave up the most important thing. You gave up your son. You gave up your life. God, in a way that we cannot understand and will not understand in this, in this life, in our earthly existence. God, and so I pray that we would not be afraid, we would not be greedy and hold on to our little things, Lord, but that you would have just everything. God, that you would just have everything. God, I praise you. I love you. I know that you are going to bless these students.
God, we one more time just bring before you their, their, all the requests, God. Just you told us to cast our cares on you because you care for us, and so tonight we do that. God, all the sicknesses, the school issues, the stress, the tests. God, all the relational things that didn't get mentioned, Lord. We give them to you, and we thank you because you love us, and you desire a closer relationship with us. God, we praise you and we love you. That's in your name we pray.